friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. I will be your host today on Girlfriend It, and this will be a treat because we had Pat McCullough on our uh, show before, and we get to have him on again. And he is the executive director at Operation Joy Foundation, as well as one of the speaking pastors at Rock Point Church in Arizona. So welcome, Pat. How are you today? Good, good. So glad to be back with you, Patty. Yes, I'm so glad. So last time we had you on the show, it was all about parenting. Uh, You're ruining my life. And we didn't even (laughs) really get to go deep on how much we ruined all of our kids' lives because we wanted to say how great of a parent we were. And basically, we've made them very successful, if I can say so. Yes, yes. Success is all due to us. Failures is due to other people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so today, we want to talk about um, what you do, the impact that you have have had in our in our world and how you're allowing God to work through you to just do crazy amazing things but on girlfriend it we really are trying to find that divine design you know we we were all wired to do something here on earth and it just becomes so daily, right? We, we we wake up in the morning and we're not thinking, I'm going to do extraordinary things for God today. We just kind of get in the mundaneness of life and we, we're just going through our task list. And at, at what point did you realize that, because I, I want to back up here, because I've watched you, Pat, you, you have been a leader at such a level from Food for the Hungry uh, to now you know, the executive director at Operation Joy, you've been a speaking pastor, you've worked in ministry, you, you, you know, worked in churches, and you develop teams, you just, you do amazing things. At what point, when you graduated from college, that you went, okay, God, I, I really am surrendering myself over to you. And you had that aha moment, because I really do think we go through life and then we live life does that make sense where you're finally going all right i am going to live life according to the way god has wired me yeah 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 well um i mean a couple of things on that first of all i think that if you broke down life with a i I turned 50 in two weeks so um i'm almost done with half a century of life crazy but i always i always tell people uh your 20s you're just trying to you're just trying to get a chance. You're just trying to prove yourself. You're just trying to say, you don't, you don't have the resume yet. So you're like, yeah. And you don't really know yourself yet. You, so you're like, just give me a chance. Let me try things. So you're trying things. Thirties is where you really start figuring out who you are. You start figuring out how God wired you. Uh, Ephesians 2 10 says for we are God's workmanship. The Greek word there is, is poem. It's where we get the word poem for we're God's poem. We are his work of art. I think in your thirties is where you really start discovering when God made that painting of you, mm. what is that specifically? When he wrote that symphony that you are, what is that about you that's different than the other human? How, what are your desires, passions? What are you proficient at? Your 40s, for me, have been where you, once you start to figure out that, 
40 has been like, I don't want to waste time anymore doing things I'm not good at. And, and I don't know what I'm not in my fifties yet. I'll find that out. But so twenties trying, just give me a chance. I want to prove myself thirties. I'm figuring out who I am. Forties is where I really started going. Okay. I know how I'm wired. I don't waste time anymore doing stuff. I'm not good at, but, but this is the other part of that answer. When people talk about a call, I think we get a little weird with that sometimes, especially in the church world. Like, have you been called to be a pastor? I mean, there is something to that. There's something true to that. But here's the call in the Bible. The call is Jesus said, follow me. Mm. So when I made that decision, you asked me in this question, when did you make that decision? Well, that was my freshman year in high school when I said, all right, I'm all in. I'm following Jesus. Now, that's morphed through all the years. I was a teacher and a coach for 10 years. Then I was working in a nonprofit. Then I owned my own business for a little while. Um, started working with anti-human trafficking. Then I was a pastor. Now I'm the executive director of the, all of those are a little bit different. All of them fit under me following Jesus. So yeah. someone can be a mechanic, a nurse, a police officer, uh, you, you name it. And they can still do that under this call to follow Jesus. Yeah, I like that. I'm all in. And it's interesting, like you said, your 20s, you don't have a resume. So you are going, where, where do I fit in, in this whole, you know, scheme of life? 30s, you're so right. That's when, that's when I went from, I'm going to just live my life to I'm all in. Even yep. though I grew up as a Christian, there was that trigger. You know, I think something happens. And I think it's, it's super cool that you were able to discover that in high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So at what point now you've transitioned to Operation Joy Foundation, what happens there? Like what tell us a little bit about that and then you have the podcast No Gray Areas which also fits into that. So yeah. tell us Yeah. Oh, uh, Patty, I'm having the most fun that I've had in life right now mm -hmm. in my in my work world. It's just so much fun. So I got connected to a guy Joe Gagliano he wrote a book called No Gray Areas. Uh, some of your listeners may remember this, but in 1994, the biggest sports scandal that they know of in the history of sports took place. It was with uh, ASU basketball team, Arizona State University basketball team. So Joe Gagliano was kind of the brains behind it. He worked with the point guard on the team. There's actually a great documentary that Netflix just did it on it um, called Bad Sports. It's the episode called Hoop Scheme. So if you go to Netflix, Bad Sports, it's a documentary series, look up Hoop Schemes. It's about an hour long and it tells the story of this. Um, Joe ends up getting caught. I mean, it's, it's a big enough sports scandal when I say, or the first time I met him, we're in a coffee shop and he goes, so yeah, after the fourth game, I get on an airplane with $5 million in a duffel bag. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, time out. Can you even fit $5 million in a duffel bag? He's like, yeah, this is how much it weighs. He's like, literally, he's on an airplane holding this duffel bag, $5 million. So it's this crazy, crazy story. Eventually gets caught, goes to prison. Um, later writes this book called No Gray Areas. It's become a cautionary tale, trying to help young people understand that there's consequences to the choices you make. Consequences mm -hmm. to these choices Joe made back in 1994 are still affecting him today because he's a lifelong felon now. But because of that now, he's we've partnered with an organization out of California called ambassadors of compassion. And we're going to, we're making a major motion picture out of this story. 
Mm. And we're going to use the movie and the curricular curriculum that Ambassadors of Compassion have put together to try to reach out to youth. Our, our vision is to reach a million youth. It's not an arbitrary number. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell said in his book about the tipping points, he said, if you reach 6% of a population, you can actually start shifting the culture. So if we reach a million youth, we can start shifting the entire culture of this next generation. Millennials Rising, it's uh, the, the author that said, this generation has a chance to be the greatest and most compassionate generation in history mm. or the most barbaric. Yeah. And I think most of us would agree with that going, man, they're dealing with stuff that like, like no other generation on this planet has ever dealt with. And so the vision is, let's try to reach a million of them with this amazing curriculum that has been proven to really shift and change the futures. And it's going to affect not this generation, but their children and their children's children. Wow, Pat. Okay. A couple of things that you said there, I, I want to back up. So first of all, when you had me on no gray areas, uh, right after that, Joe sent me a, a Facebook request and you had told me a little bit about who he was. And it was, it was just one of those things where you go, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> I was kind of speechless and it's just funny just yeah knowing he was sitting there on a plane with five million dollars um on on his lap and, and wow right that yeah yeah that, that actually goes on that people are doing that and then shifting the culture yes i read tipping point that's a great book by the way mm -hmm. and uh just like you said what was the other one malcolm gladwell uh yeah the Ten Thousand hours yeah what, was the name of that though that's not tipping I, point. no i cannot remember the name of that book is yeah. it outliers is it the no yeah i, I remember. think that is outliers okay okay yeah because you're an outlier so yeah run and go get both of those books amazing books now you're talking about doing this movie and you know shifting the culture uh i find it interesting with you know this next generation 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 z um the the whole teenage brain uh, definitely under construction right you can't see the yellow or you actually can see the yellow warning tape surrounding the brain i think mm -hmm. but that prefrontal cortex that isn't fully developed and it's what's in charge of the impulse control and problem solving and they're striving for independence and uh not being able to see the consequences which is probably what joe live yep. that right not seeing yep. the consequences so being able to have that passion to go hello look look at the bigger picture here and being able to to step into that i get passionate just hearing you talk about that because if we can i i see so much i work with a lot of young adults and i i feel the generation gap because I look at them and go, what are you thinking? Like, I don't understand. Yes, yes. And I feel like if they had that place and that space to be passionate about something, and and they do, they want to make an impact, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just so exciting that you're moving in that direction to really well, and, change the world. Yeah, and, and Patty, this curriculum does an amazing job. In fact, if people want to go, they can go to aoclife.org. So... That's ambassadors of compassion. So AOC life.org. 
and they can they can look into this they can see the curriculum and it's an amazing curriculum because it does it it helps kids walk through they they learn resiliency initiative forgiveness evaluating influences in their life they've already had 60,000 kids go through this and they've had wow. incredible results for example uh, one girl she'd been kicked out of 16 schools in 4 years punched a teacher in the face like that'll get you kicked out right punched teacher in the face and she starts going through this curriculum and it was life-changing for her. And recently she graduated with honors from college. Someone who looked like they were probably going to be in a detention home in a prison yeah. graduated from honors. Uh, another, a high school in California with kids that came from challenging backgrounds. So it was a tough a school full of really tough situations. The school had a 3% graduation rate. Well, that next year, there was over 100 of the seniors, like 104 seniors that went through this course. They had an 89% graduate graduation rate. So they went from 3% to 89% in one year. So there's tremendous results. And it was really started, the guy that wrote it, Eric Hanna, who we're partnering with, he wrote it because he's an adult now, he's married, he's got kids, and he was having a hard time forgiving. Like mm -hmm. he was wounded like all of us. And even in the church world, when he'd go say, how do I forgive? They go, well, you just, you just forgive. I mean, God told us to forgive. You just forgive. He's like, but how? And so when he started digging into the answer to that, he realized, man, a lot of people struggle with this, especially young people. So that's really where this curriculum came from. Which is fascinating because we do not teach this in our school system. Uh -huh. And you know, all of that with EQ, how do we have empathy? Um, yep. I, I know I deal so much with conflict. And by the time you get into the working world and there's the, the, the jealousies that are taking place. And this is where I feel like there's a generation gap because of I, I see a lot of entitlement um, yep. where I deserve this. And so I'm going to fight <laughs> For, for my trophy, because I'm so used to getting a, a trophy no matter what I do. And so to be able to teach this, even the resiliency part of it, uh, and when you say that about being wounded, um, I, I hear that, Pat, and I go, how do we do this in the church? Because yes. like you said, the woundedness there, it's like, how do I forgive? Well, you just forgive. You know, once again, we talked about this in, our, in the last episode of you know, surrender it to Jesus. Well, what does that look like? Make that applicable to me. How do I daily uh, abide in him to the point where I don't have this bitterness? Uh, because I've been, you know, when I think of resiliency, I think of that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yep. And yep. That's, that's it. It's like, I'm not going to sing along. Down? <laughs> and <laughs> how do I get up again? Like, how do yes. I live in the space where I still find value to what I can bring to the table because that was a pretty big punch that you gave me. Yep. Uh, yep. So I, I'm transitioning and you know, I do this all the time where it's like we were talking about you and what you're doing and now I want to transition it into the church. How do we bring this into the church and what would be something that could be applicable and how we deal with that in some of the wounded areas that's happening in the church. Yeah. Well, the, the, the neat thing is that this organization that we're partnering with, they actually have some churches who have modeled pretty well of them helping to bring this into their local public schools. 
wow. which has had a tremendous impact on their church. Youth groups have grown in, uh, tremendously, incredibly, because they started helping the local public schools get this curriculum in there. And then kids started, the friends of the kids that were going through this, maybe are in this local church, invite them to the youth group. So it's, it's, it's had a tremendous impact in the schools and in churches. It's really been an amazing thing. Wow. And that's part of our that's part of our vision as we move forward to get a million plus students is to say that's that's in both the public schools, private schools, home schools, and churches. All all the kids need to learn this. And here's the cool thing about it: there, it's it's not a it's not a um, obviously can't be a Christ centered curriculum because it's in public schools, but it's all from the Judeo Christian worldview. It's all from the biblical, like, how do you forgive? How do you live responsibly? How do you understand that the influences in your life? You show me the five people you're spending the most time with, and I'm going to show you who you're going to be in a year and helping kids really truly see that. And then look over their right shoulder and left shoulder and look at, okay, who are my friends? Mm -hmm. Is that who I really want to be a year from now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because you say it's not a faith-based program, and yet you and I have talked about that before in what I do. I'm over here training in corporations and it's not a faith-based curriculum with conflict and mediation. And yet all of it is is right where, what it talks about in the Bible. And it's funny because I've noticed even in corporations where they're using some of the same language even when they're talking about loving and how do we deal with that empathy and i want to go uh yeah says it right here right here yep, in scripture. Yep. uh but moving into the the forgiveness uh i know so many times in the church we we kind of spew oh matthew 18 matthew 18 and it doesn't i of course it works, right? Because it's in scripture, but there's more to that. You can't just throw out the grenade of Matthew 18 and expect for life to be able to go on. I can't just put you in a room with somebody else and go, okay, you guys, let's let's bring it together. Mm-hmm. Now you apologize. Now you apologize. And we're going to go on. Uh, there's there's more to that. And what would your tip be for that? Especially since you you're familiar with that curriculum, how do we bring it into the church where it has more steps along with Matthew 18 and providing that that spirit of forgiveness and the healing that needs to take place in some of the things that that's happening within the church? Yep. Well, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this is because we recognize that um, any human being that has unresolved pain or hurt in their life um much less a young person is not going to do well. That's where we get the hurt people, hurt people. We know that. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to deal with our, our pain and the hurts in our life. And one of the ways, one of the most important ways to do that is forgiveness. But again, when someone's just said, well, just forgive. Well, there's a lot of confusion with what forgiveness is. And so when you help a young person understand, or I would say an adult understand, well, forgiving someone isn't saying what they did was right. Mm -hmm. Um, that's part of the problem. You know, this uncle abused you all your growing up years, and now you're just telling this girl she's supposed to forgive him. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. If she thinks it's saying what he did was right. No, that's not it. It's saying, I'm going to release this because if I hold on to this, 
it's going to become bitterness. And as we've heard before, bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. So it, <laughs> yes. the bitterness is only hurting us. And so unforgiveness or, or forgiveness is God's way of saying, I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to give this over to God. If for as, as faith-based people, that's where we really believe. It's not saying I'm letting them off the hook. It's not saying I'm letting them off of facing the consequences of what they did. It's saying that I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to give that over to God and let God take care of it. And it's also recognizing that forgiven people forgive people. That if I understand how much I've been forgiven, then mm -hmm. it makes sense for me to say I, I can let go of some things too because I've wounded people as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't you wish, I had someone the other day mention that it's going to be hard for them to move on because they're they're waiting for that person to apologize. Uh, as soon as they said that to me, I thought, I wonder who I have wounded and they're waiting for me to apologize. Oh, and I started yes. praying, okay, God, will you please gently reveal that to me? Um, if there is someone out there that is waiting for that, waiting for that repentance and that I am so sorry I did what I did, uh, I, I wish there was a way kind of like, you know how your Apple watch, you can click on it and it dings where your phone is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I wish there yep. was a way you can push a button on a, an app to go, yep. please let me know if I have done something, which is so offensive because they're over here drinking that poison and yep. you're not even aware of it. Yep. Um, so, yeah. which is so true, Patty, because that's why it's so important for us to forgive ourselves, to forget, uh, forgive other people. And I mean, I did that, you know, last time we talked together, we were talking about parenting. I mean, I've sat down with all of my adult children and said, I'm so sorry. I know at some point I said something mm -hmm. that wounded you. And I didn't mean that to wound. Uh oh, Pat. We want young people to understand is that it's not, it's a process too. You don't just, if you've been deeply wounded, you just don't sit down one day and say, I forgive them. And then you move on. There's yeah. one gentleman I know whose daughter was murdered by her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And so he told me that every year on that anniversary, he has to go into his yard and he writes down the name of that young man who murdered his daughter. And he goes, God, I'm giving this to you. Mm -hmm. And then he lights that piece of paper on fire mm -hmm. and burns it as if as it's just a visual reminder to him. It's like, I'm letting this go. But he has to do that every year. Yeah. And that happened, I think, 15 years ago or something. And he's still doing it every year. Yeah. So it's a process as well. It is such a process. And as you know, um, you know, my mom was murdered. And once again, it was years ago. Mm -hmm. And yet... Um, for, for the first year, I couldn't even say that guy's name. That's how mm -hmm. much your brain just can't even like bring it in. And then I went through this weird season where I started reading everything that was going on in the prison system and on death row, like crazy. And I knew mm. he smoked and I knew they couldn't get cigarettes on death row. And I, I found joy in that. <laughs> like I can look yeah, back at that yeah. and go, what part of this, like, why are you so obsessed with his, what's going on in his daily life? Instead of releasing that, I was being drawn into that. And it goes back to what you said. You're drinking poison, hoping that, you know, something's going to happen yeah. to them. 
so sometimes it's not just an every year thing. It's a daily waking up and going, okay, God, sustain me. And I don't want to be bitter. I don't want this to, uh, I, I, I'm not into the poison, like just yeah. release this. And it forgiveness is a crazy, crazy monster. It really yes, is. It is. It, mm-hmm. it is. And then, and that's why, again, what we're trying to reach youth with, with that's why I'm just having so much fun. And I love what I'm doing now is, I mean, you think about how lives will be changed if we can have a million youth learn. And that's just one element of this curriculum. But if we can have a million youth moving forward with their life and letting go of that bitterness and unforgiveness that will wreak havoc in their life, in their relationships with their future spouses and their relationships with their children, um, just the, the potential is amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I have a huge heart with the homeless situation that's happening in our country. And I, I believe that finding the root of that and doing exactly what you're doing would even help that. I'm, I'm a huge advocate, a big shout out to Foster Arizona. They're doing a big charity dinner uh, Saturday night. And yes. just unpacking that so it, it, <laughs> we can stop that next level of why they're homeless, why they're going into the drugs, why they're doing this. And I, I, you're spot on with unpacking the pain. I mean, that's yep. really what it, what it comes down to. Well, I started yeah. out introducing you with all the fabulous things that, that you're doing. And I want to get down where we, we just have a couple minutes before the, the show is over. And I, first of all, just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, Pat, such an honor having you on the show. Thank you for what you're doing, for for meeting your your calling and saying I'm all in. And I'd like to just ask you, what is the impact that you want to have on the world? Because sometimes when we hear what other people want, it inspires us to go, yeah, that yeah. that's what I want to do as well. So what would be your impact? Well, I've thought about this and it's and it, I, it feels a little bit like a cop out on it, but I really, really mean this in the core of my being. This is the, my, my life mantra now. If If someone could write on my tombstone someday when I'm dead and gone, I would want them to say he loved God and he loved people. And yeah. I put that because that's right. The, the greatest commandment, right? Love yeah. God and love people. But most importantly, I wouldn't want, you know, all these, like I stand in front of crowds and I speak sometimes and they, they don't really know me. Right. So they're like, oh, he's such a great who I really want to say that is my wife, mm. my kids and my grandkids and those closest to me. Because uh, if they don't say those words, hey, he loved God and he loved people, then it's not really true. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. That's that's yeah. how I want to live. Yeah. It's funny. It's the simple things that really have an impact. Uh, my mom has to live as Christ, to die as gain on hers. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it just, it speaks it, right? It absolutely yeah. speaks it. So yep. we just want to, once again, thank you uh, for being on the show today. Go run and find out. You guys are on YouTube uh, for No Gray Areas. And yep. you also mentioned the A- AOClife.org. Yes. And uh, also Operation Joy Foundation to find out everything that you want to find out about Pat McCullough and thank you. And we look forward to having you again on the show. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.